Hello, and welcome to Recent Activity, your new favorite entertainment review podcast that attempts to cover every film, every show, all at once. I am your co-host, Andrew Morgan. With me, as always, is a man who's so upset that Godzilla was snubbed for Best Supporting Actor at this year's Oscars, Mr. Shane Beauregard. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, buddy. I'm ready to do a whole lot of cowboy shit. Let's go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we doing it, buddy. Can I, can I just uh, get back to the Godzilla thing real quick? Yeah, go right so, ahead. So w- when that popped into my head is like a thing to, to intro you with, I literally had to Google whether Godzilla was male or female. Did you did you know cuz again like has a son laid eggs right. but I never really remembered whether the American or the Japanese one was different I went down a whole rabbit hole of like is Godzilla a, ma- a male or a female I always assume male Of course because it's violent Right Yeah yeah. You know, you're just like, yeah, it's fucking lizards crazy you know, so it's got to be man And not to get into the weeds <laughs> I swear to god this is true this is about 10 years ago I was walking across my gym, and there was, we always have TV stations on, and the news is on. Yeah. This is like Fox News. And they're talking about whether Godzilla was a male or female. That was like their big story. No way. I, I'm not <laughs> making it up. I'm like, And I thought to myself, really? This is what they're discussing at 12 o'clock on Fox News, whether Godzilla is male or female? Well, listen, you got to, uh, if they're going to be up for best supporting actor or actress, you got to figure that stuff out. <laughs> right. And it's, it's priorities. So I'm glad they're doing the work ahead of me. So I should have watched uh, that report, but uh, I will never watch Fox News. That is insane. Um, but good to see you, buddy. Uh, yes, we will do a whole lot of cowboy shit on this uh, episode. We will be talking mostly TV recap today. It's going to be. Reacher finale and the season as a whole of the second season of that on Amazon Prime. Uh, Fargo, their latest season of that anthology series on Hulu or FX on Hulu. Uh, Their finale and season concluded. So we'll talk about that. And also True Detective Night Country has premiered on HBO and Max. And I watched the first two episodes of that one so we can kind of go over that. Uh, and if we have some time, there's some other shows that we might dip into as well. But let's start right up top, buddy. Obviously, you're very excited for <laughs> to talk about Reacher. We've been kind of tipping that between our favorite TV shows of the year episode. And even uh, I think I introed you uh, in the past <laughs> of like wanting to talk exclusively about Reacher. <laughs> so here's your moment, dude. So season two ended yep. uh, this uh, last week you know, on Friday. And... I would say I was, you know, a little mad that uh, the way they ended the previous episode before the finale, because I was like, good God, you're going to stretch this one thing out way out um, and then obviously conclude it this past Friday. So I guess I don't know. What what do you want to talk about? The season as a whole and then the finale or how do you want to how do you want to play this? However you like, sir, because, you know, you're the bigger well, Probably, you know, the bigger fan, but I'm a I'm a big fan right. and I, I love this show. So let's do it. Yeah, what do you let's got? just kind of gloss over it and then we'll talk about the finale. So because we've already talked about the show multiple times on the podcast, but uh, it's true. At, at the conclusion, I will say out of the two finales we're talking about, this was the better finale. And I'll oh, leave it at the, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Yeah. But no, I like this season a lot. And I've, I've been around people who still like season one better. I mean, that's like picking between your favorite kids, which we all know we have one. But you won't say yeah. it publicly, but no, sure. I like this season because again, I like the team dynamic. I like the, uh, the the flashbacks of him getting his unit together, and I know Reacher's supposed to be solo, and we're gonna get that in the third season. It looks like, and I'm fine with that. 
but I did like the storyline. I this is like outside of the boys for me. This is like almost like the one uh, one of the most addictive shows that I just can just watch over and over and over and over again. It's fun. It's cheesy, but it, it, it what they're trying to discover or detect or investigate. It's it's good. It's good storylines, and I like it. I, Alan yeah. Richardson, like I love his '90s one-liners. I mean, he's like the throwback yeah. action star. You know, there's one line yeah. in there where the whole house scene where they are about to get ambushed. Right, I forgot what episode that was. And he's chasing the guy in the SUV, and he's like, "What killed him?" or something like that. And he's like, "Probably the trans fats." Like, I love those yeah. one-liners. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it yeah. was great. It had a nice balance of really gritty action. Along with the story. Now, it took me a while to get used to uh, Patrick, um, I'm blank, Robert Patrick, right? And, Robert Patrick, yeah. yeah. As the, like, the, the big heavy this season. But he, it, Which, it, by the way, we didn't talk about it, but that one little line of oh, like, I know. The who is Sarah Connor thing. Who gives a, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I chuckled. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I cr- but, yeah. You chuckled. Yeah. I cringed at that line for some reason. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He doesn't deliver it <clears throat> great. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, fine. That's, right. That's good. But yeah. no, this season gave me everything I wanted. I, I could, Again, I, I like the addition of Detective Russo, uh, played by Dominic Lombardozzi, I think his name is. I like, mm-hmm. and that was one of my favorite episodes, is the scene with him and Neagley. Um, and I won't spoil anything, but in the alleyway there towards the end of that episode. Yeah. Because yeah. just her OCDs and the way she doesn't physically touch anybody. I I, yeah. I love that. That's probably my favorite episode. But um, yeah, so overall, it was a great ride, man. I tell people all the time, this is a fun show. Yes, does it get cheesy in parts? Absolutely. But I mean, I love it. And Alan Richardson has that just draw to the screen, man. Like, again, he's a throwback '90s action star. So yeah, I loved yeah. it. Yeah, I'm 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 in the same boat. Uh, you because you you uh, primed me uh, in like saying that you went back and rewatched all of season one. I did the same and I said it before this season or as the seasons kind of went along. I kind of like the tone, uh, the small town one man wrecking crew thing a little bit more. Right. You know, with, with the, uh, you know, obviously his side crew that he takes, a, you know, when he's in uh, Margrave. Yep, Margrave, uh, yep. the, when uh, with Finley and Roscoe and all those things, I thought those were kind of like charming little touches that were very effective. This one, I like the team, but it's so much more polished and on the road and gray. And weirdly enough, the one thing I noticed when I was doing the season one rewatch, season one is way more like violent, like very violent, especially like hand-to-hand combat violent. Like that scene, uh, this doesn't spoil anything for anybody. Like I just rewatched uh, the episode like today, I think, where uh, he chokes out that guy by jumping off the fire escape and like pulling on a rope until basically his eyeballs pop out, you know? (laughs) Um, That's like, wow. Uh, It's like, thank you streaming TV for getting to be this violent. But, you know, I didn't feel like there was a ton of that. There was a lot of like good hand-to-hand combat in this one. Uh, I particularly like when the the team fought like the biker yeah. gang, or when they were uh, or when they were pinned down um, with uh, Robert Patrick and his group. When basically Reacher goes one man all all out, right, uh, and lets the team go uh, and escape. So that that I thought was impressive. There's a lot of impressive violence. And yeah, there's great additions. Like there's a lot of people on on that team, 
and Neely obviously is back from the first season, all that. But yeah, this season it's popcorn. Yeah, it's perfect. Like it's it's just so light and fluffy, but also ultra violent and cheeky. And you know, there's there's a lot of. It's impressive that they had as good a chemistry as they did to just intro this team and kind of wing it in a way. Like they did a lot of flashbacks to set things up, but they didn't ultimately correlate. If I had any issues it's probably robert patrick yeah same here it, i think they could have done better yeah same here and, and it's like i said if you're gonna choose season one I, i'm not gonna even argue because i, I totally see it uh yeah but i'm kind of glad they chose and i never read the books so i'm not gonna lie but i'm glad they chose this whatever book they picked for the second season because again we got his background we got his military stuff now we can just go back and get back to the again like you said from season one Probably small town or big city, but it's going to be him. It's going to be another just reacher by himself. But at least they set us up with what he's yeah. kind of like and what he was like in the military, what kind of leader he was, and, you know, the family he has. And it, it was just great. Yeah. But, yeah, Robert Patrick was my big issue. Also, if we're going to get out of the finale, once they get to – once they ha- once the issue with Robert Patrick is resolved, the uh, – I don't even know his name, but the guy who took the doctor's identity, the AM guy, he had all these different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was kind of a letdown. I thought that was going to, they set it up like it was going to be some kind of big showdown somehow. And it really yeah. never materialized. No. And he was kind of, uh, it was kind you of, know, for a guy that's supposed to be so menacing and you see him actually commit murders as opposed to like Robert Patrick's character, you kind of get a sense of like, oh, there's going to be some kind of showdown, some standoff, something. And there was it's very it's very quick. Yeah. And it's it's you know, a few little like lines of him trying to put his his thesis statement out there. It, and it's it just didn't work weak. for me. Yeah, it was yeah, weak. It, it's I'm the middleman. Don't you you want to kill the guys who pulled the trigger? Blah blah blah. It's like, no. Like you're you're killing people left and right. Like we've seen you do this. You're not some just regular businessman. Like, you're a psychopath. Uh, assuming people's identities and do like it's there should have been a lot more yeah and i wonder if there was a lot more and they just didn't do it but like this is also what happens when you split villains too yeah you know you're splitting the the arrangement you know both sides of the arrangement on the villain side on two different storylines ish and that's why like i don't know robert patrick's thing just didn't fully work and it's kind of similar to the Margrave one, I thought that was, you know, the villain wasn't as compelling, like, or it wasn't at least at the very end, because uh, again, they had to tried to get too big, right? But yeah, I, it's interesting. It's just I, the one thing I like about this, where the in the sequence of books that they're doing, because I guess there's a lot of them, yeah, and the ones that they're doing, I thought they're choosing the right ones as far as like what's good for television and what's good for developing Reacher. Because, you know, in the first one, you have literal family where his brother is involved in the season. Then the second one is like the family he chooses with the special investigators and his old unit. And now we'll see. I I hear there's yet another like people who enter his life that's like big in the books. Right. Like, I guess another couple of um, that's out there. Um, But we'll see. We'll see how that enters. But you know they left a lot of things open 
everybody's still around yeah. that matters basically so like there's more on the bone that they'll probably call back to and and do more seasons i'd be interested to see if they eventually get out of the books like some of the other like some other big shows that get developed from from books like a book series like dexter right. or game of thrones or any of these other ones right uh, yeah, and just to piggyback what you said like a minute ago, but the, the way they wrote this season was we always – I thought, again, the, the the last scene with the guy we thought would have the conflict, that's the way they kind of like started directing. It's like, okay, Robert, once he gets past Robert Pye, he's like the small boss, and then we're going to get to the big boss, and it's like, uh, really? The other cringe, yeah. cringe moment I had, I, I get it. It's Amazon Prime. It's a streaming service. They don't have like the best special effects, but when he jumped on the helicopter, they showed him like swaying from the – the bot. It looked. Yeah. It looked so bad. Looked, yeah, it's a little weird. It, it looked yeah. so bad. Although there are stretches when they're fighting in the helicopter in that oh, final right. episode that look very good. Yeah. So where I was like, this is high end TV. Yeah, but Amazon yeah. knows the kind of hit it has because they're already filming season three, right? Uh, from what Alan Richardson said. Rich, oh yeah. Richardson oh yeah. Said, yeah. So yeah, man. Just uh, this is just a great show, and I'm I'm like telling every person I would listen, like watch Reacher, man. Just watch it. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you though, I will miss if she's not. I will miss Sorinda Swan Dixon. And uh, absolutely, yeah. Now I, I, uh, I meant she's one hot Somali brother. Way yeah. better love interest in this season than the first one. I will say that. As far as looks, you're saying. Oh, yeah. I mean, because I like Roscoe. I, like, I think she she you know. she's no Dixon though. It's all no, I mean, it's, it's it's very different <laughs> for sure. But again, uh, I'm not kicking either to the curb. I, I like them. I like them both in attitude, looks, and everything else. And they were both really good in the show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I like the fact that they already kind of like brought Finley back for a that was a brief cool cameo. I like season. that. That was a yeah. I like that a lot. Um, and I'm hoping we get more of it. So when when we do subsequent seasons, although so. Do you have you read anything about where they think this might go? I I kind of read a blurb where they're choosing, or they won't say, but it, they're guessing it's going to be between two two books, both set. I think they said both set in New York City. Oh no, then yeah, is what I read. Uh, so again, because obviously he's on a bus leaving right. New York City. So uh, I think um, there's one that's apparently a fan favorite book that goes down to Key West. I haven't heard um, that one. And if you saw, I forgot, uh, not Sanchez. Who's the, maybe Sanchez, uh, the one who had the bartender oh, yeah, girlfriend, yeah. wife or whatever. She gets in the car and she's like Key West or bus. It's like, why did she say Key West if they're not also oh, going to go to Florida? Okay. So they, they tip that a little bit. If that's a thing that they tip, I think there was some other tip that they say, like, I think either in his conversation he had on the bus or something like that, that tipped where he might be going next. So I don't know. There's a lot of possibilities and a lot of them end up looking like, you know, these one man solo missions with the potential to maybe add uh, this one other couple that I read that he interacts with that's in multiple books. Okay. So, so we'll see. Um, but I don't know how quick they're trying to get to, you know, like new established characters because I don't know. I, I, it's a testament to the show's effectiveness that I miss certain characters and I wish they kept going on. So I don't know how many seasons we want to keep doing this like hard reset and then let him rock and roll. But I mean, we're good. Right. You know, it, it's, it makes sense, but I feel like the way they're escalating 
is almost like they don't know how many seasons they're going to be able to pull this off. Right. You know, they just they're playing the high hand. They're just they're just playing the yeah. high hand right now. So exactly. And yeah. It's like it's like I told you, like, I, I'm going to binge this season this weekend because, you know, we had to wait a week per episode. Now I just kind of watch. Yeah. I want to watch them concurrently now. Like I want to watch eight hours of this. thing. <laughs> yeah. I did that. I already did the real like when uh I think when seven premiered. I think I rewatched all the way up to, okay. to seven or whatever, and then watch the finale. So I did my rewatch and I, like I said, and I still feel that way about the season where I'm like, I'm in, there's a lot of highs. There's a lot of good times, you know, uh, pipe bombing a house, you know, or uh, like a brownstone or whatever in the middle of <laughs> fucking, fucking New York city is pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I like a little more on the first okay. one, but again, it gets, it, I think it's slower. It's more personal and weirdly more violent. Right. So, yeah, yeah. We're talking semantics. So like I said, it's either or just keep pumping me full of reacher and I'm fine. Exactly. On another show though, that we've been kind of keeping our eye on Fargo, uh, which is now, this is season five, right? Five. Correct. Uh, of, of, which obviously is an anthology show. So it's not like anything carries over for this one. Uh, if you've been paying attention, we kind of like talked about this a little bit on and off throughout uh, its run a little bit with Juno Temple being the uh, the lead with John Hamm. This one, it's interesting. I thought this season got off to such a hot start. And then I think when they had that episode that got more into the weeds about this, the hitman who's kind of like a hundreds year old demon 500 guy buddy, 500 years old yeah uh that it doesn't seem to make sense or at least make sense to the season or the impact on the season and then when you get to the finale and there's or even the last two episodes where there's a lot more of him and his impact on the show that i thought really took away from other probably better showdowns that they could have in this season, I thought it really got derailed for a while. And a lot of storylines, they just kind of started and stopped, too. Right. Like a lot, like the 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 escaped mother thing, that little camp. Like, I, I still am like, was that a dream? Was it not a dream? What are we talking about? And then, like, and that was like a whole side project for, like, what, an episode and a half, two episodes? Like, it was a lot. Right. So, for a show that's not that long, I thought it really kind of got in the weeds i think this episode or this season if it was like five episodes it would have been like amazing but when they tried to stretch it i think they got way out of bounds lost a lot of momentum and the finale kind of just fizzled especially the very end where i was like this is what you want to end on so what'd you think uh obviously yeah put out a lot no there. no 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 um there's a lot to talk about there but if i had one word so i was thinking one word to describe this season is uneven. It's an uneven season. It's exactly totally. what you said. I liked a lot of scenes, and if I could like pick a lot of scenes, there are a lot of scenes I like in this show. But man, yeah. that finale just left me flat. It. Uh, I didn't like how they kept like going to black and then flashing to what's going on, and going to black and flashing what's oh, going God, on. Yeah, that killed me. And you're right. Like, and I I had to rewind a bunch because listen, I, I'm pretty sure I pay attention to everything, but. The whole Munch and Gator scene, I was like, did I miss when he kidnapped Gator? Like, did I like, did I miss a whole episode? <laughs> like, it just seemed like right. that incident happened. All of a sudden, he's tied up and he's putting a hot poker in his face. I'm like, like, 
we never got like how them two got connected after that. I, I miss all that. But the Munch storyline is what threw me. Uh, like you said, yeah. I kind of I tried to read like what he represented and uh, Dot being nice to him at the very end, showing him some kindness and like you don't have to take everyone's shit and like you don't have to take this path. You create your own path. Like I kind of got it and it was an okay scene, but I'm like that. Like you said, that's what you want to end with. Like that character just didn't fit the season. It just was the one left field storyline that I'm like I could do without. Like you could take him out of the damn Fargo season five. And I would have been fine with it. You know what I mean? I agree. I, if you just literally like either killed him in that convenience store or left him as something, you know, and took away the bogey. Right. I, I think that's just fine. Like there's so many elements. You know what I think might have happened? And again, this is complete speculation. They really tried to drive home. This is based on a true story. Right. Right. And I wonder whether there's a lot of things that are just, oh, isn't this crazy? This story's so crazy. Look, this happened and this happened. I wonder if they overthought it. You know, that they just were like, we have to add all these crazy elements because it's true. This is bananas. It's got to be good if it's true. But that's not how television works. Right. That's not how story building works. So, and even still, if it's true, what is true? Because there's a lot of stuff that seems, you know, sci-fi. There's some stuff that seems dreamlike. What is true? And and so if you're playing with that, but then also trying to drive home, this is a true story based on, you know, and change names and this and that and going hard about the reality of it. I don't know if you want to get all mystical yeah. too hard, you know, <sighs> with these and really distract from your main story, which is actually really good. Cause I thought Juno Temple was really good. I thought I liked, uh, you know, Joe Keery. Yeah. I liked him a lot in this. You know, Ham's good, of course. I thought the Lamar Morris uh, from New Girl, uh, that that fellow who plays the trooper or whatever, yeah, was with her in the beginning. Yeah, yeah uh, he just, you know, like in and out, like they just used him for whatever they wanted. And then for him to have his, quote, showdown with John Hamm and have it be nothing to do really with Juno Temple present or any other thing, like I thought that was just lame. Yeah. I thought a lot of these things just fizzled. Uh, I also like Dave Foley in this season too. I like uh, he really feels like the Cohen brothers character, right? You know what I'm saying? For if you're going to go into the Fargo tradition and try to write in those things, uh, Graves, I believe, uh, was his character name. Yep. Yeah, it was was awesome. Uh, anything for you stand out? Yeah, at least on no, the positive I, here. I, I, well, I'll get back to the Wit character. I thought they underutilized him because I thought he'd be bigger. Uh, character in the story arc but he really wasn't he's like in the first two episodes and he was absent for like five episodes and he would pop yeah. in didn't like it i love jennifer jason lee's character in this show yeah her accent is so bizarre though sometimes it got to me well, but yeah i'm with I, you. I love one of my favorite scenes is the last episode that scene where she visits uh roy tillman in the yeah. in the penitentiary and she gave him the pack of cigarettes it's like you're gonna need these and like i yeah. just love how she just like smacked him down like i that was one of my favorite scenes yeah you know so, I mean, the standouts are Juno Temple, like you said, John Hamm, which I thought, you know, which I thought was kind of funny. I chuckled. He's supposed to be this ultra conservative MAGA person. W would someone like that really have nipple rings in bed? Like, I thought they're going to explore his, like, <laughs> I thought they're going to, like, dive into his fetishes a little bit more. Yeah. I thought that was odd. They're like, what kind of guy is this really? He's got the, like, it just, then they kind of, like, just got away from that and just made him more of the crazy 
patriot, whatever, patriot, yeah, gun toting guy. But no, I love Joe Carey. Like I said, his Gator, different role than he does in Stranger Things. I thought he carried it very well. Um, I, I like the female deputy. I forget her name. I didn't write it down. But like the whole, st- uh, yeah, Richa Morjani, yeah. uh, who played Indira. Yeah, like I thought she was great. The stuff with her husband, I laughed at because her husband's such a dolt. And that whole speech he gave her about how he really wants a wife. I'm like, oh my god, just leave him. Like leave him. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like they did so much for her to just be. Then it went kind away. Of a security yeah. guard at the end. Yep. Like, okay. That's stupid. Like, so it was a lot of things that in the beginning made a lot of sense and I was ready to rock and roll. And then for where I saw them all go, I was disappointed with a lot of them. I thought a lot of it fizzled or they, they tried to drum up things that I wouldn't have personally wanted to see more of in, you know, in taking away probably, you know, like Juno Temple doesn't really get her final moments no. a little bit everybody else kind of seems to be on the rescue for her instead of her getting like her just due. and again i wonder if that's again because she that's not the, how the true story went so they went right harder it, the other way i don't know but the best part of like the best scenes in the series is with juno temple when she goes on the offensive and becomes that tiger and is aggressive like the yeah, the very first episode, the home invasion, the Halloween episode where they again where she home loans the house. I thought yeah. that was great. The whole ho- breaking out of the hospital scene was great. A lot yeah. of good stuff. They just again they kind of went off the trail and had these characters and story arcs that just didn't materialize. They weren't fleshed out enough, and just again really let down with that. And I did <laughs> David Foley. I wrote that down. I really liked him. Uh, but I thought it was out of character that he was going to confront Roy Tillman like that by himself. Like, what do you think was going to happen in that moment? I did love that scene where he had the two other Roy sure. Tillmans in there at the. Uh, <laughs> I love that too. The, yeah, that was great. Yeah. But the last yeah. episode was so anticlimactic and just fell so flat for me and almost ruined the season. Like, I, yeah. I, I feel I can't give this a full recommend to my clients. I'm like, yeah, it was good. It could have been great, but it yeah. was it was good. You know, it was okay. I, that's yeah. where I left it, you know? Yeah, there's enough meat there to be like, it's worth watching, I guess, but you'll probably be disappointed a little bit. Right. You know, uh, especially with how hard it goes, those first few episodes that are so entertaining. Yeah. Um, and honestly, and there's a few characters like this, but uh, David Risedale, who plays Wayne, the new husband, I also thought when he, you know, gets what, electrocuted or whatever, and... and, and uh, <laughs> You know, has his brain scrambled a little bit. I don't know. I liked his personality, his role in the show before all that happened. Me I almost too. wish he got to be more consistent. You know, have him have an accident. That's fine. But uh, to really kind of just throw him to the side mentally and have him kind of be nothing for the rest of the show. Ah. Yeah. I you feel know, the same way. Yeah. Yeah. So, there, like I said, there's many examples of this. So it kind of. It's kind of a meh. It's probably like yeah. a three out of five kind of a season, uh, three and a half at best, you know. But it had potential yes. to be so much higher. I gave the same. I gave it like a three. Uh, Andrew Cheat Code 3.25. It, yeah, it was exactly it, it was on course to be as good as season one and two, which still are my favorite seasons of Fargo. It was right. on that trajectory, and it just whoop, got shot out of the sky. If you had to choose one, what is your favorite season? Oh, man. Um Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, season one, 
Billy Bob Thornton's yeah. character. Yeah, I still gotta go season one. It's close though, because Jesse Plemons in season two is great with Kirsten Dunst. He's always great. I know. That's why. Yeah, love it. I think we're doing pretty good on time. Did you want to put out? If I let's start with Echo. Yeah. Oh okay. wait, no, I'm sorry. We we didn't do True Detective first. Hold go on. Ahead. Uh, yeah. So True Detective Night Country. I'll just do real quick. There are only two episodes in. Um, if you are a fan of the the good seasons, I'll say of True Detective. Um, season two, I think it's a bum rap because there was so much hype, but I think there's a lot to like there too, and it has some of the vibe that a traditional True Detective season has. I just think it got away from them um, and concentrate a little more on the stuff that Vince Vaughn was more interested in than the show and what could have been fun. But yeah, this show for being it's usually at least a little consistent in terms of tone and mood and things of that one. This one brings it into one of those like dark crime noirs, you know, we're in the middle of Alaska, you know, middle of nowhere. And it's very intriguing. Some people have compared it to kind of, you know, what if you stumbled onto the end of the thing, John Carpenter's the thing, and then kind of move forward from what I understand, the the more horror elements or the more uh, mystical or sci-fi elements might be less of what this season seems to provide. But honestly, I don't really care because the crime is interesting, but the kind of intrigue and the relationships between uh, Jodie Foster's character, she's kind of like the, the head of this police group in Alaska – working with uh i think a former colleague it's kind of like up in the air in terms of exact relationship between uh her and this other police officer who is now a trooper uh comes back into the fold who's kind of hung up on this cold case from years ago about a woman who got stabbed like 32 times it was a gruesome murder that she can't shake and and these two seem possibly tethered together and the interest in those two as well as uh, certain other relationships with other police officers who seem like they might be purposely dirty or not, you know, and then uh, there's a few other characters in there that, again, it's very early, but they're setting up a lot of intriguing storylines that I think are definitely worth watching. And I really like, uh, you know, cause it's, you start the season right as the last sunset happens where they're about to go into you know, darkness for months as, as Alaska does up in that region. And so we're in kind of like the opposite of Christopher Nolan's insomnia <laughs> where it's like that one was, I think also Alaska yep. uh, and was, but was in perpetual sunlight. Yep. This is the opposite. This is the perpetual darkness, but yeah, I'm in, I'm in, I'm going to watch this and I'm hoping uh, that it, it stays as intriguing as it should be. And you know, I, I think as the, the actual crime continues, I think it'll be even more interesting and probably more gruesome, which please do. <laughs> <laughs> are you a true detective guy at all? Are you going to watch this show, you think? Yeah, I honestly forgot it came out this past weekend. To be honest with you, that's the only reason why I didn't watch it. Is I totally forgot. I was watching football and I totally forgot it was even coming out. But which, by no, the way, excellent football. Yes, excellent, excellent football. So it's well <clears throat> worth the distraction. No, I'm a true detective fan. I love season one, obviously, which is like the the uh, the top of the pyramid. It's like the peak that they're all trying to like reach again. Uh, but I did. I think I agree with you. Like, I liked season two 
And I'm not afraid to admit it. Like, yeah, it wasn't yeah. season one. It was different. But I I dug it, man. So I'm a, I'm a fan of this series. So I can't wait to hop on board and give uh, season four, get rolling season four, man. So I'm all about some true detective. Yeah, and this is the first season uh, of the, now this is the fourth season. Uh, the first one not done by creator Nick Pizzolatto uh, as well. So it's a whole different crew doing it. This is Isa Lopez uh, working on this one. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, like I said, I am intrigued thus far. Again, I think we're pretty good on time. If you want to do Echo. Yeah, let's um, run over Echo. Be a quick, uh, quick little back and forth on Echo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been a minute since it ended and since I finished it and you finished it even before me. But yeah, this one, God, I don't know. There are, are I thought, again, if you want to talk about uh, how you characterized Fargo as uneven, this is the epitome un- of uneven. Um, because the first episode, if you told me this is how this show is going to be, I'm like, this is a clip show. This is very weak. Um, it's all over the place in terms of tempo. It's another one of those shows. We talked about this a lot with some of the Disney Plus shows. Why did they love naming shows after characters that they're interested in more of the stuff around them than the actual character? Right. Uh, I, it's worse with Ahsoka. Like, I think that was the last time we made that comment. But this one, I think it has a lot of feelings. It, you could tell it got chopped to death. I believe this was a series that was, pro- I think, eight episodes that got chopped to five. Yep. And it shows. I think there's a lot of things, especially with her heritage, that, you know, they try, they basically present, but they don't really fully, I don't know. I, I didn't care about a lot of the flashbacks. And a lot of them either took too long or didn't give enough because they end up meaning a lot in terms of giving her almost superpower superhero powers that she only really has in this town in this area that she had to tap into um i liked her family i liked the grandparents especially uh, i liked that relationship stuff um i think uh if i remember his name correctly is biscuits yep uh might be one of the most insulting characters i've seen on television in some time like that feels like a like a insulting 90s character that we forgot uh you know that has been lost to time because it's like okay you you show a flashback where you show her as a kid you allude to a person named biscuits but he's never there so they have no relationship that they're going off of he's also a dimwit who is trying to be helpful, but instead he's kind of just this simpleton that I don't know if they wanted him to be comedic, but I, it's just a, a fail. Yeah. Uh, it's a hard fail. Um, and then I don't know what I'm supposed to feel for her relationship with Kingpin. And I don't know how much more I have left of me, which shows about Kingpin in me. Because this really kind of soured it, and he's all over the place now. Yeah, like I feel like Daredevil got it, and then everything else subsequently has done all it can to kind of unravel this. And I guess I think you said this to me: isn't this supposed to set up the next Daredevil thing where he now runs for mayor, and he's supposed to be like he's forgotten all his anger and he's a different person? So like now we're not gonna really have kingpin anymore i don't know it, it's very 
it could cause a lot of damage for a show that not a lot of people maybe are endeared to or watched. Right. You got a lot. But you seem to like it better than me. So please. Yeah. Sh- you got. Oh, yeah. There's a lot to unpack in what you said. So I was trying to pay attention to everything. Not that I don't pay attention to you, but like you, you there's a lot to unpack. Sure. Sure. There. Yeah. The, the, the true feelings come out, Shane. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Right, caught so you. overall, yeah. <laughs> I think what saved this series for me, and it was, it did feel feel choppy, and I'm sure because it went from eight to five, a lot was left on the floor. But honestly. I'm kind of glad it was five episodes. I think the average runtime was like 32 to 35 minutes. And, yeah, and that's the other thing, too. Shorter, shorter. Uh, episodes, too. And with this character who I don't really know anything about, you know, in the comics at all. So I'm going yeah. in blind, right? So I'm kind of glad it was short. I think it, in depth. Yeah, in depth. <laughs> yeah. I think, it, I think yeah. it saved it for me. I thought the action scenes were, were I, I enjoyed the action scenes. I enjoyed, uh, I can't even pronounce her name, Aliqui Cox is Maya Lopez. But you're right. Like, it doesn't set up enough or give her, like, that real depth of, I don't know. I just felt like I liked her family. I liked, like, again, the, the, that whole family thing that she has. Oh. And then her motive in this show was, like, Really? Like, you want to be the queen pin? Like, it just didn't make any sense to me at all. Yeah, I never bought that. I never bought that either. So you go home for that. I, I like the supporting cast. The action was fine. It was quick moving. Story-wise, was all over the place. And her powers, now I did go back because I have to. I hate when I have to go back and read the fill-in gaps and stuff. But oh, the I power, know, right? the supernatural power she got at the end are not her comic book powers at all. Yeah, I heard they changed that, yeah. Her, in the comics, her powers are more like Taskmaster from Black Widow. Where she like can see a style of fighting and pretty much copy it and adapt that style of fighting. It's in her repertoire from there on out. Right. That's her. Instead, they change it where uh, the echo of her family is what creates it versus the echo of like her emulating things. Right. Which I'm like, okay, if you want to change things up to like hit her culture and her, her uh, Indian, you know, all that stuff, I'm fine with that. Like, I. I'm fine. It just looked hokey. It got a little hokey at the end. Very. And as far as like the Kingpin stuff, yeah. From what I read, they're trying to make him the Thanos of the street level Marvel Universe. I do feel like they're stretching him a little bit too thin at this point. Like yeah. the most jarring thing was seeing him in Hawkeye actually. I'm like, really? Like Kingpin's the okay, whatever. And I love Vincent D'Onofrio and I love the Kingpin, but I love the Kingpin from the Netflix series. That's sure. that's what I love. Yeah. Just a sociopath. That, that just goes around beating people to death. That's yeah. what I, but also very smart. That's what I like. Now going forward, I'm like, did they use this show just as springboard in the Daredevil? Like, really? Because it's set up. Feels like it. Yeah, yeah, that's what it feels like. It feels like they just used this as a short vehicle to get Kingpin set up for the whole Daredevil run that they're doing. Do you think we see Echo again? I do. I do think she makes now I haven't read anything and I'm not going to, but I do think she'll make a cameo. Or being at least one episode of the Daredevil series. I don't think we're through yeah. with this character yet. Because it has potential. I just think um, they left a lot to be... Again, uneven is another... Like we like you said, it's, un, it's an uneven show. But compared to what I just had to shovel down my throat with these Disney Plus shows, I'll rewatch this before I watch Secret Invasion in a heartbeat. Yeah. I did like... Uh, Miss Marvel's character, she's more upbeat, so I did like that portrayal. But as a series, I again being shorter and more action, I'm watching this series because yeah, over that one, yeah, they did. and definitely over She Hulk or yeah, absolutely. Too, so sure. based on what came out, 
this is probably the, and it's not saying a lot, it's the best series they've had in the last three or four series they try to roll out for Disney+. Plus. God, it's such a uh, tough uh, statement, to, but you might be right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's a tough tough one to swallow. It, it is, it is. But it was, like I said, it was okay. I'll, I'll give it a pass. Now, I, I'll be curious to see what they do going forward. Because that Daredevil stuff is getting, like, you keep reading different reports every day. Like, I just read today before we got on the mics. It's not going to be 18 episodes anymore. They're cutting it from, like, 18 to, I think I read, 8 or 9. Makes sense. Right? Which I'm yeah. fine with, you know? I think 10 would be a perfect number. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. Because, again, I what she did the Kingpin at the end, I'm like, okay, that's supposed to purge him is, of his rage and anger. Now he has nothing. He doesn't have those feelings anymore. So, like, what? Like... And I'm assuming he'll get him back somehow in the Daredevil series. Like, whatever. But again, also about, like, the mother stuff. Like, they mentioned that she's a healer. So, like, that's supposed to be her power, too. Yeah. Even though you're channeling the ancestors who all seem to be very different. Yeah, very different. probably more, I don't know, leadership. It didn't seem like they had any of the healing qualities. And it didn't really jive and you also don't they show that one scene with the bird with the mother but they yeah. don't really get a good glimpse no. of the mother throughout it, like even the stuff early didn't it, do a lot and then she's you know obviously gone afterwards right and the whole scene i found weird which was out of king Pen's character is like when he gets to oklahoma and he's wants to have a picnic dinner with her in her fucking house and yeah and i'm like dude she just shot you in the face like yeah <laughs> like what <laughs> Yeah, you're gonna give her contact lenses so you could communicate. Like, what the hell is going on yeah. here? Which it, I was like, that's kind of cool. No, the contacts uh, are cool, but I'm like, yeah, no, you, the old kingpin would have smashed her skull right then and there. Like, what is oh, going yeah. on here? It's like, so why he yeah. was so compassionate to her? They never, they didn't show that bond that they really had because even in the flashback scene in episode one, when she was a girl in the whole ice cream vendor scene. Well, they did it in mostly montage, yeah. which again doesn't work, and that's how you see where it gets chopped to death. Yeah. So anyway, I, if I had to grade this, it's a it's a two point five, two point seven five, maybe. Yeah, that's about that's about it. right. Yeah, that's about yeah. it for me. Yeah, yeah, and like I said, I can I can take or leave whether she continues on in this universe. I'm more worried that Daredevil is going to be, you know, DOA. Oh, please know, don't uh, say that. I know it's tough, and and you were worried quite rightly about Disney and how they're gonna bring in these street level characters that perform so well on Netflix, and now we're seeing it, and so we gotta until proven otherwise. I'm kind of just I'll see it when I see it. It comes out, <sighs> give me a decent trailer, do the whole process because I'm not just instantly in. Right. You know, you got to show it to me now. And that's with all this stuff. Like, even just looking at a lot of the shows that might come out uh, in 2024, there's not a lot of Marvel. Nope. There's do- they're doing a lot of hard resetting. And in fact, uh, for how much we complained about Disney Plus and whatever, there's a couple of Star Wars shows that, like, I'm like, oh, these sound intriguing with, like, The Acolyte and uh, Skeleton Crew and some of these other ones. I'm not doing anything until you show me a trailer that looks worth a damn because i've now been burned so many times and marvel's guilty of it now too so prove it yeah prove it that it's worth uh you know watching these shows even if they're individual one-offs i don't care if they world built give me something just good don't overthink it right give me something good yeah yeah Uh, i'm with you so one one question because i did like the violent tone 
So did you think? Yeah, I thought the TVMA thing was overblown. I thought it. Yeah, I thought it was overblown. Police. If you gave me Daredevil or The Punisher, whatever street level, if you want to give me that kind of violence they had in the show, I'm fine with it. You don't have to get as bad as what Punisher was or Daredevil on Netflix. Sure. That yeah. Oh yeah. But no, I thought this was the appropriate, like, uh, violent you can have in a show. It wasn't over the top, you know. But no, it, but it, I thought Daredevil, uh, you know, or any of those <laughs> shows obviously are more violent. And in fact, you can make an argument that at times. Hawkeye is just as violent as this show. Yeah. So the TVMA, I think, again, I wrote that down to bring that up. It's like, I think that was a little overblown. And they emphasized that, too. Every time they showed the commercials, oh, like, yep. yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, you know, not really warranted, Whatever. but okay. Yeah. There's as much, uh, you know, old school lacrosse than there uh, there is as uh, violent scenes in this show, it seems like, at times. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, you're right on that score. Um uh, while we have you, uh, the last show we were kind of earmarking to talk about, you uh, watched all of The Brother's Son on Netflix, uh, another show that is kind of crimey, a little violent, a little whatever, and it, very intriguing because it has Michelle Yeoh. Was this worth the effort? Because this has been kind of like on my watch list and haven't jumped in just yet. I say yes, it is worth the effort. It's, okay. it's a very enjoyable show. It's seven episodes uh, you got this family dynamic, so I'll just read you the synopsis here. This show follows Charles' son, a Taipei gangster who settled into his life as ruthless killer, but must go to L.A. to protect his mother and younger brother after his father was shot by a mysterious assassin and is now in a coma. Okay. So you have the brother dynamic, uh, younger brother Bruce, who's going to school, doesn't know what Michelle Yao's past was at all. Uh, lost touch with his brother when they were kids because his brother went to go live with his dad, obviously. So he's out in Taipei and he's living his life. And all of a sudden his brother comes back into the picture and tries to explain him like you have to help the family out. And he's still the young Bruce is trying to grasp what the hell is going on. And then Michelle Yao trying to finally like, like, this is who I am. This is our past. It's a fun show. Like it has enough comedy with great action. Like it has really good fight choreography in this show. I, I, and they do give more camera time to Charles, who is played. I wrote it down. Justin Chen, yeah. Which I've never seen, but he was really good. Like, he was electric. He's dynamic. He has that presence on screen where I want to see him in more vehicles. Yeah. So I had a good time. Now, the plot, as it like kind of winds down towards the last two episodes, I, you know, it, it took a little knock for me because I'm like, okay, that's the end game of this. Whatever. I had a fun time getting there. I will say I wish there was more Michelle Yao. I really do. Like she's okay. in it, but if really focused on the brother relationship and the struggle Bruce has with, I don't want to be in the family business. I don't want to be a gangster. I want to be a, a part of an improv group, which he is in this in this series. And they right. kind of make fun of him for doing it. I, I had a really good time. Again, it balances out some really good fight and action scenes with some uh, moments of levity. That I really like. And you could tell, like, the three of them have really good on screen chemistry together. And right. I want it, I want a second season. I will say that. I want this. I hope Netflix picks it up. It's very bingeable for me. I, I would give it between a 3.75 and a four. Okay. For yeah. a series. And I didn't yeah. think I'd like it because it came out. I saw the trail. I'm like, okay, whatever. I'll get to it. And I thought they rushed it. Like, I, it was like, I heard it, it was out. Yeah. And then, like, I heard some pretty decent things, and now it's kind of like in the ether, you know, yes, it goes in back ether, into the algorithm. Gra- folks, just grab it out of the ether. 
Go sit down, pop on Netflix, <laughs> give it a watch. You won't be disappointed. It was, it's not perfect, but um, it's quite enjoyable. Excellent. I will have to uh, give that a whirl myself. Uh, Michelle Yeoh, hot, uh, doing a lot of yeah. really good things on Netflix specifically uh, between, uh, I loved her in Gunpowder Milkshake. You know, she was in uh, The School for Good and Evil. She was in The Witcher. She's got a lot of stuff uh, that she did really well on there and this just adds to that one there glad you like that one um so yeah it's a good good note to end on uh a lot of tv to recap and and to look at here i'm i'm really looking forward to what true detective night country has in store i think it's a very short season um you know i don't know like six episodes or something it's pretty short so it'll be done before you know and we'll obviously keep an eye on that and talk about it once that wraps up as well um Anything else on the brain there, Shane, before we uh, get on out of here? No, that's about it, man. It's a s- slow week at the theaters this week. I don't think there's really any new releases right now. Yeah, I might be trying to just do the last remaining catch-up for the Oscars, especially now that the uh, the nominations came out. Uh, probably trying to watch all of us Strangers, Zone of Interest, certain movies like that. Uh, and I don't know. I've heard good things about Mean Girls. I might I might check that out. You saw The Beekeeper. There's some of those movies. So I got to I gotta play a little catch-up. I kind of went in the weeds and, and watching uh, a lot of sports and, uh, you know, yeah, and, doing my Netflix job. And ISS. So I got yeah. that under my belt. So Yeah. We might have to talk about that on the side <laughs> before I venture into that one. Right. Uh, so good job by you as always everybody out there tell a friend give us a five-star review wherever you listen to us you know give us a give us some nice love out there give uh you know bring some new listeners in here for 2024 thank you so much for listening um, be sure to come back next week for more recent activity <laughs>